Greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus, and thank you for joining with us again tonight. I know it's uh, back to our online service uh, only, and, uh, and many of us are missing the opportunity of just gathering together just for Wednesday Bible study. But tonight, I just want to just encourage you that even as you join us online from your home, from wherever you are joining with us, we pray that this, this, the Spirit of the Lord will enter that place, that room. Amen? Remember, wherever the children of God is, the atmosphere can shift, the atmosphere can change. You can experience the presence of the Lord right where you are. And we, we, we look forward to the day when we can join again. But up until that point, we're, gonna, we're just going to still praise the Lord. We're going to still keep encouraging ourselves in the Lord. And I want to encourage you, do something for me. Please build up your, your faith. Please build yourself up. Use every opportunity to get word inside of you. Don't neglect uh, even the times when there are online meetings. Please gather, join in, make it part. Be deliberate about growing your faith and growing yourself. And I can tell you, God is about to show up in your life. God is going to begin to speak to you. And I believe that you will hear and have an encounter with the Lord even in this time. Can you just bow together for a word of prayer? Father, we love you. We adore you. We glorify your name. We thank you, God, for the goodness of the Lord. Thank you, God, that you are a great and an awesome God. You are a faithful God, and there is no one like you. So tonight, we pray, O oh God, over every household, over every family, over every person that is joining with us tonight, those that will see the video messages, those that will, will get the audio messages. Father, I pray, may the Spirit and may the presence of the Lord just bless them. May, you, God, may they have a divine encounter with you. May they experience the power and the grace of God in their lives in a fresh way, in a fresh dimension. Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Josh is just going to lead us with, with two worship songs. And even I want to encourage you to sing along with us as we begin to worship and as we begin to praise God. Amen.
Lord God, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can think, ask, or even imagine. And so, Father, today we bring, oh God, your people before you. Even, oh God, you said you are faithful to your promise. And we declare today that every giant, every obstacle that is in their way, that you are removing right now by the power of the Spirit of the Lord. And so, Father, we ask right now, touch people, heal people, deliver people. Father, for those of God that are that, 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 that tonight are trusting you for healing and divine, oh God, healing right now. Touch their body. For those of God that are affected and infected with COVID-19, Lord, you are healing, you are touching, you are restoring every withhold. We declare, oh God, that you, oh God, are a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or even imagine. So, Lord, right now, this touch heal your people. Even as we get into your word tonight, Lord, just speak to us from your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Well, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. And I just want to just share some, some words of encouragement to you. I believe that this is a moment and this is a time for reset and recalibration. Now, I've spoken on these two topics uh, extensively before, but I wanted this revisited just for a moment today, uh, just for us to begin to, to acclimatize ourselves, it's okay. Uh, just to acclimatize ourselves to what God is saying and what God is doing in this hour. And uh, so I want to just read from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 3 to 7. I had the opportunity of sharing a little bit this morning on, on the school of the prophets via Zoom. And, and this is what I, I want to just recapture for us as the family of Potter's house in this time. May you be encouraged. May you be strengthened. Amen. The, the Bible says in verses 3, it says, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook of Cherith, which flows into Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook. I, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and stayed at the brook of, of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no more rain in the land. Amen. Now, I want you to know in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 17, the backdrop is that Elijah the prophet comes onto the scene uh, he, we, we are introduced to, to this man of God. We, we do not know his whole ancestry. We know the family he comes from. We know the community or the tribe that he belonged to or the area that he came from. But there was a set word that God gave him. He comes on the scene when Israel, under the leadership of Ahab, has moved away from the purposes of God. And God sends, sends Elijah with a word. And, uh, and the word was 
there is not going to be any dew nor rain, but except at my word. He gives this word, and then he moves himself down to the brook of Cherith. Now, I want you to, to under, uh, understand this. He's given the word, but is in the place where after he gives the word, he goes into a place of hiding. So I, I want you to, to see that there was a, a process that he was going through as God is preparing him for the journey and the, and the Elijah that we would see that will come on the scene. We know he starts off by releasing the word. It's a strong word. It's not an easy word. He's speaking it in a time. Remember, the people of that day were agricultural people. They, they, they depended on rain. They depended on that for, for resource for, so that they could feed their animals and water their plants and, and, and for the agriculture and all of the day. And when he spoke this, it, it, it sounded an alarm not only just to the king that was doing evil of the day, to the people, and even to himself. He's going to be living through a famine. And God begins to show him how he's going to begin to bless him, how God is going to develop him, and all that God is going to do through his life. So we, 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 we introduce to Elijah in the phase of his life where he is being prepared for the ministry that God has got in store for him. And as he is being prepared, after he releases the word, God calls him aside and says, go down to the brook of Cherith. God was deliberate. God was specific. He said, don't just go anywhere. Go to the brook called Cherith. And, and, and he says, and the stream, that, that river, that little brook. Now a brook is a, is a little stream of water. It's not a river. It's just a stream of water which eventually leads to, to the river Jordan. But he says, right now, I want you to go and sit at that place. Now, one of the things that is important in the reset mode of your life, in the recalibration mode of your life, sometimes when we go through different seasons in our lives, we don't understand what is happening. But God has to pull us aside from everything that we know, everything that we understand, and bring us to the place where he can equip us, he can train us, he can prepare us, for where he is taking us. So he brings Elijah and he says to him, now come and sit here at the brook of Cherith. Now, why is the why is Cherith so, such an important place? Cherith, by definition, means a place of cutting. It's a place of the cutting of the flesh, and it's a place where God will cut or establish a new covenant even with, with, with Elijah. So I want you to understand that in the first part of our preparation for that we can come into the purposes of God and into the design of God, in our process of reset and recalibration, the Lord will take us to the place of cutting. There has to be a cutting away of the flesh. One of the biggest challenges that we have in our lives is our flesh. Our flesh doesn't allow us to come into the place where God can use us, where we, where we, are, where we are totally committed. Because our, our flesh is, 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 is dealt with or is, is, is actually uh, instructed by our, by, by, by our senses, by our five senses of, of our seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, 
Amen. That means that, that our, our, our five senses control our flesh. And so God has to get you to the place where he has to bring you aside. And he has to firstly says there has to be a cutting away of the flesh. The things that control what you see. The things that control what you touch. Because a lot of us are moved by the circumstances and the environment within which we feel, find ourselves. We're finding ourselves in a, a unique environment right now. But I'm saying to you, this is a time to reset. This is a time to recalibrate. Now, recalibration is a, is a term that they use in engineering where they begin to reset a, 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 a machinery or, 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 or a tool that is normally used for measurement. It is reset so that it, it can give the most accurate reading. Amen. So God is taking you through a process of recalibration so that he can sharpen you. He can make you more accurate in your declarations, more accurate in your prayer, more accurate in your believing, more accurate in your seeing, and more accurate in your prophetic declarations, more accurate in, your, in the way in which you are living in. Amen. Because it is possible. You know, all most of us that have cars know one thing that they keep telling you whenever you buy a car, that every 10,000 Ks, you must go and take your, 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 your tires for beginning for balancing and alignment. The reason is that the, uh, the, on the surfaces on which we drive, and some of you, if you drive like me, sometimes you drive up on the curb and you drive down on the curb, and, and the, the reality is it puts everything off alignment. All of us need some time to reset the alignment. So tonight, I want you to, to take the next two weeks and let God begin to reset your alignment. Amen? Let God begin. Now, we are, I'm committing to get you enough word in the next two weeks that is going to begin to speak loudly into your life. Amen? We're trusting God that next week to have a, a virtual conference. And in that, that we'll get different men and women of God that will begin to speak and not only speak to the church, but speak into your life. And I want you to begin to purpose in your heart. I'm going to get all the word. That when I come out of this, this lockdown, I'm going to come out with all, you know, refired up. Amen. They reset in God. That means God has just set me and I'm now in a place where I'm in the mode where I'm going to begin to just take off. Amen. So I want you to understand, you could use the time just to, to waste time. You could use the time. But I want to encourage you, use the time constructively. Let God begin to reset you. So, so Elijah is at the brook of Cherub. God is beginning to reset him. And God says, the first thing I need to do is cut away the flesh. What in, in your flesh is stopping you from coming into the purposes of God? What in your life? That is your flesh manifesting that has stopped you from serving God, fulfilling the mandate that God has for you. But then the Lord says to him, not only am I just taking you to the brook of Cherub, that you are going to be sustained by a little stream of water. So God says to him, I want you to go to a particular place. Now, the first thing I want, uh, the second thing I want you to take out of this is the fact is after your flesh is cut away, you need to understand there is a particular place for your recalibration. That means you have to be in the right location. You don't get recalibrated on your own terms. 
That means you don't drive your car, and while driving your car, your car aligns itself. You have to get to the place where you stop, you get off your car, and then the, the, the process begins. God was saying to Elijah, you can't just continue. So the process sometimes of, of just sitting down and this allowing God to reset you, this is what God is going to begin to do. So the, so the Bible says, Elijah, God gave him a particular place. But then also in that particular place, God commanded a particular diet. Amen. And God sent an unusual custodian to begin to serve him his means. God sent a raven. Not only is it an unclean bird, but it's a greedy bird by nature. It, it doesn't necessarily share everything. And yet it says it will bring you bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the afternoon, and the brook will, will quench your thirst. Amen? So God made a provision for him. What was God teaching him? In the moment of calibration, God was showing him how he needs to trust in God. Amen? That means God was saying to him, you cannot lean on anybody, any man, but you've got to have to lean on God. This is a very important part. In your season of preparation, in your season when God will begin to take you through some learnings, you've got to learn that your dependence is on God. That the Bible says in Proverbs, you trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him, he will make your path straight. He will direct your path. Amen. The Bible says, lean not on the arms of flesh, for they will surely fail you. God is saying to you, if I want to recalibrate you, you've got to trust the process. You have to trust the, the, the fact that even all of the, the, everything, every equipment, every tool that has been used to reset you is part of the process. Amen. So I want you to understand God is about to feed you. Hallelujah. I believe there's going to be a divine provision over your life. Some of you are worried about many things. And right now, you read the media and you read many, many uh, different messages that are going around. All of it is based on fear. All of it, is, is there's so much uncertainty. But I want you to understand, God has got you. God has got you. He's going to watch over you. He's going to bring you out of this stronger. I pray today that uh, their faith will overcome fear and the grace of God will begin to move over your life. Amen? But God commanded a blessing. But in this place, there was two major learnings that Elijah would go through. Firstly, at the brook of Cherith, he would learn lessons of faith. Secondly, you will learn lessons of obedience. In the time of your reset, in the time of your recalibration, God is going to begin to show, teach you lessons of faith and lessons of obedience. You see, the, the, the reality is if Elijah found himself in any other location, he would not have access to provisions of some of us want to access the provisions of God on our own terms. We have, sometimes we have the, the attitude of, of Naaman that says, isn't the, the waters of Havana and Papa 
far better than the waters of Jordan. God doesn't make a mistake about the location that he uses for your learning. The, the location that he uses for your, the miraculous in your life. God doesn't make a mistake. The reality is that you've got to believe him. You've got to trust the process. Amen? That means God is saying to you that if, if you're going to pass this test, if you're going to move forward, if you're going to move beyond this period of preparation, you've got to come to the place where you have learned the lessons and you've attended school and the two major subjects in the school of the supernatural is faith and obedience. Amen? The Bible says uh, 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 you should rather obey than to sacrifice. Amen? That means God also says to us that faith is the currency of heaven. Amen? And if you want to respond or you want to, to, to go anywhere in your life, You've got to learn how to respond in faith and walk in obedience. But in this time, in this time, Elijah is doing everything the Lord is asking him, but the brook dries up. Now I want you to understand, why didn't God take him to a river? Because it was never the intention of God for Elijah to remain there for a long period of time. It was just a temporary measure. Amen. So, now sometimes don't overstay in a location because you have exp once experienced an encounter with God. There is, a, there is the possibility of overstaying in one location. So God made it, structured it in such a way that he had to migrate from Chile. Yes, there's learnings to, 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 to achieve here. But the, 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 the biggest learning and the biggest learning for any one of us is that God keeps on moving us forward. God is never stagnant. Amen? Then he stops, he halts for a moment, but God keeps moving us forward. By human nature, we by human nature, we, we, get, we, we can easily get comfortable in a certain place. If the, if the raven kept feeding him and the water kept flowing, Elijah had no reason to leave there. God sometimes has to create a reason to move you. In your learning, in your equipping, in your calibration and your research process, God will begin to move you. So you need to understand the movements of the Lord. You need to understand like the children of Israel as they were moving from Egypt to the promised land throughout those years that they were moving. The Bible says God sent a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And when the cloud moved, they had to move. You've got to discern when the cloud is moving. You have to, you've got to discern when it is time to get up and move forward. Amen. So he, he's, he's in the place. He's, he's got the provisions. He's, he, but God was saying to him, God was about to move him. And now this is a word for somebody tonight. God is about to move you to another place, another dimension of preparation. God is changing the circumstances in the place so that he can shift you forward. Amen. You need to know that when the brook dries up, it doesn't mean everything is over. It means that it's now time to move. Amen? Elijah could not just move 
just because he felt like it. You see, this is the important lesson. He couldn't just move just because the group dried up. He had to get, and remember it was the word of the Lord that brought him to the brook of Cherith. Now it needs to be the word of the Lord that will move him to the next location. But God moves him from a location at the brook of Cherith and he moves him to the house of a, of a widow woman in Zarephath. It, it almost seems like impossible places. But it is, God is showing him. Now firstly, God is showing him, I'm your provider. If you depend solely on me, I'm going to provide for you. But then he takes him to Zarephath and he, he shows him, I'm still your provider, but I'm going to show you that through you, a blessing is going to come to somebody else. So God is, is, is taking him stage by stage, increasing his faith. Some of you, God is shifting you. You may be in, either in the first phase, like how I, I, Elijah was, where you just need to see the, the hand of the Lord work in your life. But for some of you, God is moving you to the next level where you're coming into Zarephath. And in Zarephath, not only would you get your needs met, but through you, the miraculous hand, the supernatural hand of God will begin to provide for another widow woman and her son for another three and a half years. When he gets to the, 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 the house of the widow woman, the Lord said to him, I'm sending you to, to the place called Zarephath. And there a widow woman, not name, not uh, no, no title, no nothing. I'm sending you to a widow woman. There could have been many other people in the city, but God says, go here. Oof. That preaches on its own. The reality is that sometimes God takes you to a place. And the widow woman, he goes to her house and he says to her, give me something to drink. She had no problem with giving him something to drink. But then he says to her, now not only give me something to drink, give me something to eat, give me a little cake to eat. And now it became too much for her. She gets to a place where she explains, she says, I've got a little flour, a little oil, I'm gathering some sticks, I'm gonna make a cake for my son and I, we're gonna eat and we're gonna die. I've shared this, the, the, the message on this and I'm not gonna labor the point. But I want the, you to learn the lesson. There's something about to happen in her life. Then she begins to make first for the man of God. God was not only teaching Elijah a lesson. He was teaching the widow woman a lesson. Your provisions in the time of famine comes when you, when you put God first. And you take God at his word. And when you serve those things, the purposes of God for your life, you will not go without in your life. There would not be any lack. In your life the lady thought that she had enough just for herself she was she could make a meal just for her son and her her and she could have missed out three and a half years of God's sustenance three and a half years of God's provisions sometimes you are thinking and you're saying but pastor this is a hard thing I've got just enough for me I've got just enough to do this but and, and, and sometimes God is saying to you in the midst of this be obedient to my word. There will be a grace that will be released. And for somebody, this is a word today. When you honor God, there will be a grace that will be released that will pro cause provisions in your life in every sphere. 
Amen. Believe God. Believe God. Trust God. I, I want you to get to that place where your faith is increased. God was saying now the lessons that I taught your faith and obedience is now a lesson that you are going to begin to teach somebody else. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. You've come through the process. You've come through the learning. This is a discipleship program. And after you have been discipled, you disciple others. And how do you disciple them? Through the lessons that you've come through, you bring them through. You, you got fed by the raven. You got fed by, by, by a river. Now I'm going to show you that even through their lives, that how the word, when the word is released, how the word will sustain another group of people. God, all that all the prophet did was he began to release a word. And when he released the word, provisions flowed for three and a half years. Not only was the prophet sustained for three and a half years, God sustained the household for three and a half years. I'm here to say to you, in this process, in this time, in, in this season, God is about to, to take care of not only you, but of your household, if you will just trust in Him. Hallelujah. You've got to come to that place where you need to know where God is, is taking you. We know of the many miracles God will do through the life of Elijah. Phenomenal miracles. He will call fire from heaven. Many things will happen at the word. Remember, he spoke, and, and he had such a boldness when he spoke to Ahab. He says, there will be no dew, no rain, except at my word. He came to the place where he was maturing in, in his understanding of who God is and how the grace of God was flowing through his life. I pray that in this season, allow God to begin to move in your life. Allow God to move through your life. I, I want you to not let your faith wane. I want you to get in the word. Amen. I, uh, this is my, my strong, strong encouragement. Make time. In this time, you know, we, we, a lot of our movement is restricted. But make time to get in the Word. Amen? Don't waste precious moments when you can engage with the Word of the Lord. You can engage in prayer. You can engage in worship. You can engage in reading the Word. As families and as households, restore your family altar. Restore that time. Amen? Use opportunities to get some Word on the inside of you. This is what's going to pull you out. And I pray besides that, get some pen and paper and start writing down what God is saying to you and what God wants to do in your life. Amen. I want to encourage you, build yourself up in the word. Amen. And I can tell you when we come out of this, we're going to come out stronger. Some of you are going to come out with word, with prophetic words, prophetic impressions. Some of you are going to come out with visions. Some of you are going to come out with songs. Amen. That the, the, like Paul and Silas in the prison, the late in the midnight kind of song. The, song, the kind of song that says God is about to break through and he's going to cause prison doors to begin to, to shake and prison walls to begin to rattle and God is going to begin to bring you out of this. Let God begin to speak to you. This is my prayer. This is my, my expectation from the Lord that in Father's house, in the family of, uh, of Father's house, to those that are listening and the different ministries and the different individuals that are listening, God is about to shake you. Amen. And this is not a judgment shaking, but God is about to shake you to begin to produce the destiny, the word, the grace, and anointing, a fresh anointing 
in your life. Amen? And so I want to encourage you to spend time in the word of the Lord. If you have the opportunity to break bread, break bread. Amen? Enjoy the table of the Lord together with your household and with your family. If you have the opportunity, just begin to believe God. Amen? God is about to shift things and begin to make things better. This is your season of reset, recalibration. You're coming out of the stronger. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's just bow our heads together. I just want to just pray a prayer of, uh, over each one of us tonight. Um, and this is the, the Abrahamic or, or the priestly blessing which Aaron was instructed by the Lord to pray over, the over his household and over the nation of Israel. In, in Numbers chapter 6 verse 22, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you will bless the Israelites. You will say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Amen. So I bless you with this word. I bless you with this ironic blessing. With this blessing that God instructed Aaron to pray over the Israelites. And the Bible says, and I will put my name on them and bless them. God is putting his name on you and he's blessing you. In Jesus name. Father. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. May testimonies come out in this time. That today may you speak more loudly in the lives of people. May they be shifted, may they be changed, transformed, renewed, and empowered. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. Well, God bless you. Have a blessed week. Remember, on Sunday morning, we're joining together. As a family of God, we're going to partake of the table of the Lord together. We're going to do it in our households and in our homes. And I want to encourage you to join us at 9 o'clock sharp. Amen. You're, going to, you're not going to be lazy. You're not going to miss out. We're going to enjoy the time together in the presence of the Lord. And I can tell you, God is about to show up. Amen. God bless you.